Welcome and good evening. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. The way we do it is with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed and press play. Before you, you know, pull up your covers, snuggle in, brush your teeth, turn off the oven. But we do the rest. The podcast creates a safe place where you can put aside any racing thoughts, overthinking, worrying, concerning, etc., etc. Whatever's running through your mind, we're going to take your mind off of that. And as the story goes on, it's going to get a little bit more and more boring. So we're going to take your attention off what's going on in your head, but then you're going to slowly lose your grip on what I'm saying, and you're going to drift off into dreamland. Now that's the goal. You might be asking yourself, who is this lunatic? Because I, I don't know. Again, I didn't get any feedback about it. Am I being too serious at the top of the podcast episodes? Not not a serious thing. I mean, not being able to sleep is a serious thing. This podcast has a, has a bit of nonsense to it. But yeah, I'm not like a sleep guru, sleep coach, sleep salesman. I'm just a person that I, I'm just a person who happens to be good at telling boring stories or stories that are interesting for about four to six minutes and then get boring. And I'm someone that suffered from insomnia and and trouble sleeping. So I know for me at least, I can't speak for anyone else, how lonely, terrifying and desperate, I guess like desperation, the end of your rope desperation is how it was for me when I can't sleep or how it is for me when I can't sleep. So that's the spirit that generated this podcast and that's what it's here for. So if you have any trouble sleeping or dozing off or relaxing at night, give this podcast a shot. I hope it works for you. If it doesn't, I'm sorry I wasted 30 minutes of your time, but, well, could do be good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, just give it a shot. Now, you can find us on the web. We're at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com by email. On Twitter, it's at Dearest Scooter. I have a couple of pieces of housekeeping. First off, We've not heard from our power couple. So power couple, I hope I didn't insult you since I referred to you guys. I was not trying to insinuate anything. Maybe you guys are just on vacation or you were following me on Twitter for some other reason. But if if you did hear power couple, I hope you're well. And, you know, I'm reaching out. I'm just sending you a little bit more love to our power couple. Power couple day, power couple watch day 10. We haven't heard from our power couple. We have them, and they're close to our hearts or whatever. Uh, piece of housekeeping number two. Couple, couple thank yous to send out. PJO Tuts in America, thank you for your iTunes review. This user guy in New Zealand gave us an iTunes review. Thank you. And 15223344, somebody... That uh, has a numerical. Is that bi- that's not binary? Because I know it's zeros and ones for binary, but some maybe some computer program is listening too. So thank you, all three of you, for your iTunes reviews, and I hope your reviews help find some other people that can't sleep and bring them into the fold of this podcast. 
Uh, update on our international showdown is housekeeping number three, and it looks like Korea and Japan are pulling ahead slightly. And I mean one person, extra person in Korea and Japan uh, pulls them ahead to Singapore, Sweden, and Ireland. So we're, we're going to continue. We, we haven't gotten to the final stretch or even close, but I'm hoping I'd love to hear from any of you, anyone in Japan, uh, my two to three listeners in Japan, my two to three listeners in Korea, and my two listeners in Sweden, Singapore, and Ireland. I'm sending some sleep love your way. And thank you so much for listening, and let's keep it going. Come on, Singapore, Sweden, Ireland, step it up. Isn't there one other person in your country that can't sleep? Come on. What are you guys just doing? Lounging around? Anyway, that's uh, the update, our international showdown update. And I think that's it. Let's get on with the show. I mean, I think there probably is some other housekeeping, but... I probably missed it or forgot it, and if it it was related to you, I apologize. All right, now let's get on to the show, and I hope I help you fall asleep. (laughs) It's uh, Tuesday. It's time for Trending Twitter Tales on Tuesday. It's actually Sunday. It is 7.33 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I just dialed into Twitter and uh, on my iPad, I don't know if Twitter, I don't know if I updated the Twitter app or what, but having trouble getting the trends, it was it was a different uh, interface. So a trend, trending, what was trending on Twitter was not all in a list. It was uh, a little disorienting. So I went right to my phone, and on my phone it is in a list. So everything's fine. So I already checked Twitter. I, I didn't do the pre thing. But yeah, so we're going to do a Trending Twitter Tales. Trending Twitter Tales on Tuesday from Sunday on Tuesday. Trending Twitter Tales tonight. All right, I hope it helps you fall asleep. If this is your first time here, I just go on Twitter, I see what's trending, and I make up a story about it. Not not the most original idea. A lot of people do this kind of thing. But uh, before we get to the show, I'll just tell you there is usual the usual eight, or is it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? Huh, there's no sponsored post. Bummer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. ten. So maybe one of these is sponsored, but most of them are English words that I recognize. I might not understand who all these people are, or but I got a decent idea this time, so that probably makes it worse. But that's it. I'm I'm going for it. Trending Twitter Tales Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Andy, and I'm going to be your tour guide today on our walking tour of San Francisco. Now we're gathered here in front of the uh, Siegfried and Roth Hotel. It's a boutique hotel owned by, you guessed it, uh, some, I'm, I'm not sure who owns it. I think it's uh, Unilever. But uh, how many of you have been to San Francisco before? Okay, okay, great. This is a; these are the uh, unusual walking tours, and I've I've uh, been I'm. Well, I'm the owner of the unusual walking tours, and uh, I'm I'm Andy, and uh, this is my yeah. This I can't believe if you guys signed up. I I'd, 
had begged this concierge here, this whatever. Let's not. Let's just get to it. How many of you are from America? Okay, great. Any of you from Singapore? Oh, terrific. One of you. Oh, no, two of you. Terrific. How many of you from Japan? Three. Okay. Korea? Three. Now, do I need... Are you guys going to be peaceful? Are you all from... Okay, terrific. Singapore, Japan. Any Irish? Irish. Ireland. Irish. All right. Two of you. Great. And you must be the two people from Sweden. Yeah. Wow. Hi. Hi, yeah, Mandy. Lotion. Lotion. That's not Swedish? Oh. Well, okay, folks. So this is an unusual walking tour. We are going to cover some historical sites, some famous sites, and some... We're going to have a great time today, folks. And I'm Andy. If you have any questions, we don't do questions because this is an unusual walking tour. You know, I tried walking. Excuse me, my stomach's wrong. I tried doing we will walk and walk backwards. That'd be unusual, but I see some of you are... I'm glad we have an international audience because Americans, you're not all big. Americans, how many of you like to walk? You can be honest. I'm not going to shame you. Yeah, you you two that don't like to walk at shows, okay? Maybe you should be. No, there's no refunds. Sorry about that. Oh, but yeah, put, you're going to put on Yelp. Well, you could just come along for the tour, even if you're mad. You could just, it's a walking tour. You could just leave whenever you want. You already paid. F me? Okay. You know, this, there are, well, there's no kids here. All right, well, let's get started. So San Francisco. You might be asking yourself, well, how's it get how's it get its name? Why is it the city with the yellow ribbon in its hair and the uh, heart on its sleeve? Well, those aren't questions. This is, yeah, we're going to cover some buildings. So if we walk down this street, the name of this street is this, uh, this, the, yeah, we're going to head down this street here, and you're going to see up up ahead, there is a building up on the right there. It looks like a bassoon. That's the bassoon building, and it was made by uh, Albert Bassoon. And no, I'm just kidding, folks. There's no Albert Bassoon, but it is the bassoon building, and it was. That's the what us locals call it, the bassoon building. It's actually the uh, mitre charging building. And uh, it used to be the headquarters of Mitre Charging. They were a, uh, you know, I don't even know what they did. But now it is the headquarters of this new movement called Yes All Women. Now, how many of you have heard of Yes All Women? It is this thing where it's just like one of those empowering movements. And I believe... It was uh, a couple tech CEOs got together, and, uh, you know, Ariana Huffington, of course she was involved. She's trying, I mean, I'm not sure, do you guys, how many feel like Ariana Huffington's trying to be the next Oprah? Okay, do you, not, this isn't, no, it's not a knock on Oprah. Don't, don't, don't yell. No. i just trying to, it was a light humored attempt because this yes all women, it is a movement. It's not run by Ari- Ari- Ariana Huffington, but it just reminds me of her, and she reminds me of Oprah, and because they seem like they do want. I mean, I guess it's weird nowadays. It's like Ariana Huffington, Oprah. I mean, are they just good at what they do, or does it feel like they have our best interest at heart? 
and they and really have like this. I, I mean, I, that's why I think Oprah's so popular and famous, and Ariana Huffington is that they have this way about them that makes you feel special, even though you're not even. I mean, you're just one in a billion watching them. And I, I don't know what it is. So bravo. So that's in the bassoon building here. Yep, we're just passing it now on our right. And that's yes, all women. And what they're trying to do is say yes, but also say no to a lot of the stuff that's happening. And, and it's really shameful things. And I'm talking to myself and the rest of Americans, but also worldwide. You know, this, I cannot believe we live in a world now where there's uh, this sexual exploitation to, I just don't want to get started. Okay, folks, I know. But just say yes to all women. I mean, I would say yes to any woman, you know. <laughs> that was another. Yeah. No, you, you, can, you can heckle me, sir. Yeah, I mean, I heckled the way your lack of walking. No, we haven't even headed uphill and you're sweating, though. So, okay. I know you paid for the tour. Now, how many of you people have watched Mad Men? Because we have our own little section of San Francisco. And by section, I mean a, a area, a large area scattered around the city. But... This little alley here, down here on our left, right off there. Yes, it smells like urine, but this is our own little commercial, commercial district. We call it Hawker's Alley. And there was, at a time, this was where the San Francisco ad boom was going down. And you had men like Crazy Larry McMurdy and Eddie... Eddie Bumpkin, they ran, uh, what was the name of their firm? It was called uh, Glass and Glass. And they were one of the top ad firms in San Francisco. And you probably heard of people like Saatchi and Saatchi. But have you heard of the Silkworm Group? Because they were also headquartered here. And they represented a lot of uh, textiles. And they did a lot of textile advertising. Remember when, you remember, and, and a lot of you might be too young to do this, but most of you look old. Except for, no, you Swedish people, you don't age, do you? Beautiful. You're beautiful. What was your name again? I'm sorry, can you? Hleb. Hleb. Yeah, you believe it. Alexander Hleb. He, oh, oh, you're a woman. Okay. So... Yeah, do you, do, there was a time in America's history where textiles actually advertised themselves on television. That seems crazy nowadays. You, you might hear someone mention cotton or Cool Max. Cool Max. But that's not a textile. It's a, a feature of a textile. Is Cool Max cotton or is it plastic? I don't know. But there used to be rayon and silk and polyester. Those were the glory. And San Francisco, here at Hawker's Alley, was the epicenter of the textile boom. You'd think New York City, because they have their textile area. I don't know if it's called the Flatiron District or the Merchandising District or the Garment District, but that would be garments. We're talking just straight textiles. They probably have a textile. I mean, who would kid? But so, yeah, so Hawker's Alley. So a little Mad Men connection there. And right down the street here 
Now, this bar is not as nice. You might not see anyone from... This is called uh, Lou's, this tavern here. And this is where I lost two of my teeth. But at one point, the Hawker's District, this would be where the movers and the shakers would be drinking their dirty martinis and whatever else I can't remember after my third dirty martini. Whew, it was one of those. Yeah, so I lost my teeth here at Luce. But we're not going to find them because they're gone. That was three years ago. So we're going to head up this hill here. And, sir, if you want, I could stand behind you and push you. No? Okay. I know I'm not funny, sir. I'm not. This is a uh, a different tour. This is like a... When, oh, I'm sorry. You thought I'll turn it. I never said alternative. I said an alternative to other tours. An alter, like Kind of like an alternative. I can see where the confusion would be. But this is like... Maybe I will do that. That's a great idea. This, oh, I said no questions. Okay, so moving forward. Now, I know you might be asking yourself, that, that guy, Tony Bennett, is he a New Yorker or is he San Franciscan? Did he leave his heart in San Francisco or not? Did he? He did. He left his heart in San Francisco. Now, where does he live now? I don't know. Probably Las Vegas or Florida because of the tax laws. But at one point, Tony Bennett loved this city, and I think he still does. If you asked him, he would say he does. I remember Conan O'Brien was out here 10, 12 years ago, and uh, he, he had Tony Bennett on, and, and he drove around one of those tourist cars. And I'm glad you guys aren't part of that, that commercialization. I hated to see the uh, commercialization of tourism. When did everybody sell out to the tourists? I mean, I'm here, and I'm trying to... I'm like a busker, but I'm moving, folks. Oh, buskers are entertaining. Yeah, huh, good one. I, you're still walking with me, bub. Trust me, I'm going to save you from a heart attack. Okay, this is probably for the rest of you, especially... Would you like to hold my arm, Helga? Hleb, 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 Hleb. Yeah, you can hold on to my arm if you want. So, you might back to Tony Bennett. Does he eat spaghetti? Did he eat in it? Is, is that one of your questions? I don't know if Tony Bennett eats spaghetti, sir. Well, I could, yes, I, I can recommend some restaurants at the end of the tour after we're officially done. But a funny story there's a story about Tony Bennett leaving his heart in San Francisco. But what you'll see up there on the third floor of this building on the right, this green building, you can guess that green tile is original 1970s green tile. It still contains asbestos, but you don't have to worry. No one has to cover their breath because it's trapped in the tiles. Only dangerous if the tiles break. But on the third part of that building is Dr. Elliot Rosen's office. And Dr. Elliot Rosen is the man who gave Tony Bennett on one Special night, a foggy night, a San Francisco night. The fog was rolling in. The moon was high in the sky, but you couldn't see it because of the fog. It was a summer night, but it was cold, kind of cold. Chills your bones, and Tony Bennett sat on one of those pieces of paper with his underwear down, his shirt off, in the office of Dr. Elliot Rosen. And Elliot Rosen prescribed him some heart medication to keep him, to give him a normal heart. And that 
is a story you're not going to hear on any other tour, folks. And that happened, I think, in 1967. Dr. Elliot Rosen still practices up there today. And if you'd like to meet him, he gives the lollipops. So, and that could be, that's like an add-on, an optional excursion at the end of this tour to the waiting room of Dr. Elliot Rosen's office. Now, I can't go in. I've been, I've been barred from there, the building as well. But you can just say you have an appointment with Dr. Rosen. Or I've tried some of the other people on the, on the wall, and then they changed it out. But I, I do remember who was the, I, I can't remember. We could work it out in they do have a nice restroom on the third floor, and you do now have to ask the receptionist for a key, but you, especially you, sir, you do look like you have heart problems, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Now, a lot of people, when you come to San Francisco from somewhere, like somewhere else, you might notice that this is a cultural melting pot, much like other places in the world or other cities in the world. San Francisco has its own special genesis stuff where the melting and the melting of the melting comes together because we have influences from the east and the west, the north and the south. They come together, and one thing is in our cuisine. San Francisco is well known for its cuisine. Fusion, California cuisine, and... uh, fusion and uh, other things were all invented here. And the food truck thing, I think that started in uh, Portland maybe, but food trucks were here as well. And, you know, we get a lot of stuff from that plays on playing and plays on words. And you're going to see up here there's a giant grasshopper, and it's taking a bite out of its arm. And that's silly. It's a cartoon, cartoon grasshopper. And the name of this restaurant is called Mia's Barbecue. And see, it's coming out of the, the cricket grasshoppers. Is that a cricket? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's a cricket grasshopper. I don't. I know there's a difference. I don't care. I'm not worried about insulting them. They don't bite, bite or poisonous. The cicada, 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 whatever. Okay? He is saying Mia's Barbecue because this place is a barbecue place that serves everything. Mostly, you can get some insects, and you can get game, and you can get whatever's legal to eat and strange, but within safe, you can get it here. It's very hip. And if you, if you go in there and you mention my name, Andy, I will get uh, 4% of whatever you order. So if you go in there, and I could recommend the cricket plate, but I have an allergy to uh, whatever that stuff that makes up their exoskeletons is. Believe that. I break out in hives. Found out the hard way when I was eating some crickets and some some grasshoppers. And you can also get their... It's strange if you get their legs caught in your teeth. And especially if you're allergic, my gums swelled up. And I I couldn't do my grasshopper. But me is barbecue. That's kind of like one of those internet thingamajings. Like, I has a cheeseburger and stuff like that. Me is barbecue. Doesn't everybody think that's funny? A grasshopper saying, me is barbecue. Me is barbecue. Okay, so let's go on with that. So that's a barbecue spot, and it's very original. I bet you in your cities, you can't eat grasshoppers. 
sir, right? Oh, Wisconsin has had a grasshopper restaurant for 10 years. Well, that's Milwaukee. Okay, well, I apologize. <laughs> Duly noted. I, you know, I, I, I didn't have to say anything bad about Milwaukee, sir. I did not. I love, uh, I love Milwaukee. I think it's one of the river cities, I believe. So I would love to visit Milwaukee. If you would have me, you could give me, no, you would beat me up. Great. Okay, let's keep going, folks. Okay, up here at the top of this hill, you're going to see that penthouse on top of that building there. You see that it's a round, it's a square building in those bricks. You're going to see those bricks around a lot of San Francisco. See how they're jagged on the outside? There's a building that was rebuilt from the San Francisco earthquake in the 1900s, aughts. How come they didn't call it the aughts back then, you know? 19 aughts. Because then it's like you have to be less specific. The Great San Francisco earthquake of the 19 aughts. And they rebuilt, and there was fires and stuff, and they rebuilt this. And then someone added this circular penthouse on top, and that was one of the San Francisco's great socialites. She was an heiress to one of the gold fortunes, Rowena Hangar. She was a, yeah, a, a socialite, very well known. And in the roaring 20s, in the, the days of the Barbary Coast, which you could see on other tours who are more historical, Rowena, she was, a, she was a mover and shaker, but she was also funding some guerrilla-type things in some other countries. I'm not sure. So she was using her parents' money to fund freedom fighters. And I think you might have heard of the Sandinistas. I'm not sure if that was in the wrong 20s or 30s. might have been in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, because Rowena, she was fighting for freedom up until her death in uh, the 2000 aughts, believe it or not. She might have been 90 years old. But, but what's notable about Rowena is she was involved with the UKIP, which was the uh, underground killjoy infiltration program now is a proletariat i'm not sure folks but it was this free now you might have heard of uh patty hearst getting kidnapped well the ukip they didn't kidnap anyone they would steal people's car keys and throw them in the sewer so they might go to a restaurant and they would take all the car keys from the uh the person that parks the car the valet person and throw them in the gutter and they would leave a message like ukip strikes again and they were always doing strange things like that. Like they would go into the supermarket, the grocery stores. This was in the 1970s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And they would turn around every, everything in the store. Kind of like flash mob nowadays maybe, but they were doing it. I don't, and people weren't sure if it was because they were afraid of actually taking – they were funding, you know, but it was – they were protected because they were having lawyers do it for – they were fighting the freedom fighters in South America and places, Central America and Para-America, where, but they weren't, or maybe they were afraid to go full guerrilla in the U.S. So they're doing more passive, aggressive, passive. I wouldn't say passive-aggressive. So that was where the UKIP headquarters were. They would meet in the cover of night. They would, unlike, I think um, the Patty Hearst was at the SLA, they preferred... Uh, black sweater 
with uh, a collar, what are those called, uh, turtleneck-type outfits, UKIP, they, they would dress in more of a, 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 a off-white. And a lot of times they would be still wearing different things like pearls or bangles, things such as that. So UKIP headquarters up there. Now, coming up, something very, very exciting on our left. Now, you won't believe this, but we take two steps past this building, and you see here on our left, down ten feet, is an empty lot. It looks like just a hole in the ground, like, oh, there was a building here, must have got knocked down. Now, a lot of you might have heard of comic books. You might have heard of superheroes. Well, this hole in the ground is where, supposedly, in one of the comic books, in the last few years, a tower rose that became the headquarters for the X-Men. And it was called the uh, X-Tower. X-Tower. Extinch. X-Tower. And I think they were they had a base off, but this tower was to symbolize the goodness of mutants everywhere for the defense of man and mutant alike. And that one day a mutant would rise and save us all from each other. And that mutant was me, myself, Andy. I possess the power of walking tours. <laughs> you get that, folks? That's just being funny. So this is the hole in the ground is where if you were... And sometimes I have a comic book, but this kid... He grabbed at it. His parents were not supervising him on the tour at all, the whole tour. And I was like, excuse me. Uh, it was like he went in. He pushed. Remember that big cricket? He pushed it over. It said, eat me barbecue. And then he, he said, bad, bad, bad. And so I was holding it up, and you could see the X-Men Tower where this hole would be. And the building's on the other side. Ably drawn. Capably drawn. Beautifully drawn. Rendered by some comic book artist. I don't know if it was, a, I think it was one of those people that their name's Jeff, but it starts with a G-O, Joff, Jeff, somebody. Or maybe his last name was Joff. I'm not sure, but, so that's the X-Men Tower. Wow. Cool, huh? No, no other tour are you going to see this. And if, oh, just, so no more Americans, huh? Just, just you international people. How many of you people speak English well? Well, oh, so Haleb, you don't speak English well. Yeah, well, that could be, yeah, well, oh, 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 that's doofus in your country. Okay, very nice. Now, folks, we're going to come down this hill here, and we're going to take two steps down, and this looks like a step into darkness, but as we go down into this, you're going to notice down the see this down this alley here a lot of alleys on my tour and pits because this is the tour so you're going to see down there down that alley there this is that's Camtax Saloon and Camtax Saloon I believe if you were a sailor back in the Barbary Coast days this is our our Barbary Coast part of the tour I don't know if it was Barbary Coast days or not but Camtax was a nickname for a man that worked on a ship 
who's, I think he was in charge of the tacking part. But you know when attacking, not attacking, but tacking is when a ship has to go kind of like left and right, I think, to keep the wind. Because we have strange winds here and, and we have currents and rocks. And at night, tonight you might hear a foghorn. Hub, if you want to hear, I'm very good. I could, I know, I I give a foghorn tour, a listening tour. We just sit and listen to foghorns. So, not sure if that's something. Does your country have hot foghorns? So, so anyway, back to the. I uh, no need to pinch me. Um, so this is Mac Tax, Tac Max, whatever I said, and here was the site of a famous duel between. Josh Beckett and Sam Wilkinson. And you might say Josh Beckett, the player for the Boston Red Sox, pitcher, I believe. It was. It was his uh, great-great-grandfather, I believe. And him and Sam Wilkinson. And Sam Wilkinson, yes, of the uh, razor frame and aftershave. He was a magnate in uh, aftershave before uh, he was Put it, you know, before he did battle with the old spices of the world. So they uh, had a duel, and it was over a card game. They were playing. Now I will usually say they're playing goldfish, go fish. But I've got to used up your goodwill. So it was over a card game, and they accused each other of cheating. They're playing this card game called Knuckle Under, and I the rules are very complicated but it's kind of like a version of poker where you don't turn over all your cards or something and and it's you keep one under your knuckles and it's whoever uh, it, it's a man's manly game and they'd have been drinking and, and you know they'd tacked all day long so they were wind blown and their faces were wind burned and their hair you know how how many people you, you know, you walk around San Francisco even, but if you're out in the bay, your hair gets it gets poofy, I guess would be the wind blowing is definitely the right word. So you'll notice people coming in from it, and their hair will be all poofed up, wind blown, and, and a lot of people say that maybe that was the cause, like, because they kept thinking they were angry at each other because their faces were so red, and their hair was puffy, and then the next thing you know, they, well, I'm going to take it outside, blah, blah. Now, this was the time, a short time, when duels were conducted with, of all things, rocks. This was a rock duel where you got three rocks and you stood back to back. And then you took four paces and you turn and you throw the rocks. And it's usually a terrible, terrible duel. I mean, someone get hit in the head. You could get hit in the face. You could get hit in the groin. How do you say groin? That sounds like goulash. Is that how it's pronounced, though? I can't even make that. It's like you're throwing up. I can't make that sound. Yeah, I can't do that sound. So so they had a rock duel. And so let's, let's move on. Oh, who won the duel? There's never really, if you have a rock duel of three rocks each person, four paces, no one wins. And so, oddly enough, both men were shanghaied because they both knocked each other out. And this was in the days, and I know that's an offensive term, shanghaied. And I'm not sure where where it came from as far as the the, the cultural uh, 
blah, blah, blue or whatever. But that would mean if you were unconscious or drunk sometimes, it would really happen. They'd just throw you on a ship. Now, luckily, these guys were used to being on ships. They were attack cameras or cast hammers, whatever. So it ended up worked out great for them. I mean, Mr. Beckett went on to birth children that became baseball players. And Mr. Wilkerson or Wilkinson, whatever his name was, he was, uh, you know, he was he kept, I think maybe he was put up. Maybe the Old Spice people took him out. Maybe they were behind the whole thing. And so that's, and folks, that's the days of our future have now become past because this is the end of our tour. Days of future past. I've just been waiting to use that. It is the new X-Men movie. And if you go to the Brownstone Theater right down the street and you use my name, Andy, and six of you go see the movie, I will get free popcorn. And I may be able to see the movie. And I've been looking forward to it. It's the new X-Men movie. And I'm not sure who's paying who, but I know that I could use some popcorn. And it's it's an, they have the the oil that you put on it. Do you guys have? How, who wants to go see a movie? Daisy, who would like to go see a movie? None of you. What if I tell you one more story? Okay, if I tell you one more story, you will go to the movies with me. How, can I sit next to Helga? Oh, Cleb, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you know what movie means any of you? Oh, you all do. Okay, well, oh, I, I mean, I knew that. I didn't think that guy would really give me a bad review on Yelp, but all of you are going to give me bad. Okay, how about if I tell you this story, and then you can give me a bad review on Yelp. Okay, so this is a love story. And, and a lot of you may or may not know that Anne Rice, the horror romance writer, she was writing Twilight novels before Twilight was a thing. Stephanie Meyer, Myers? I, I, well, so Anne Rice is a San Franciscan. I'm not sure, but this story involves Anne Rice because she's written the vampire stories about interviewing vampires and stuff like that and love between vampires. But when Anne Rice was a teen, a lot of people don't know this, it was back in the 19 aughts. You wouldn't believe that, but she did some time traveling and, and she spent some time in suspended animation. So that's how. So she was a young, young lady running through the streets of San Francisco on the day of the big quake in the aughts. And she had just washed her face in a public basin of washing. She was a young, young lass and just crossed over the line into womanhood. And as the water was dripping off her face, she saw a young man, ghostly and pallor, staring at her, smiling, and sent a shiver down her spine to her bones and her heart and her loins, to use a word. And they made eye contact, and then she shook her face again, and he was gone. But then there was a, a voice in her ears, Jay. And the voice went, and then she went home. And every day after that, she would go and wash her face, and she would see it. And then her dog started acting strange. She had a dog, 
And her mother, who was very superstitious, said, you're not leaving the house today. Go to the basin. And every day she would go and she'd hear Jacob, Jacob. And so she didn't go that day. And that was the day the earthquake hit. And the next day she went and the basin was gone. But written on the ground in chalk was the name Jacob and an address. So Anne Rice started writing these love letters to Jacob. And it was an address in New York City. It was uh, 47 Bowery Row, New York, New York, one hell of a town. She would write these love letters. And she would always end them with Jacob come to San Francisco. She wrote them for 30, 40, 50 years, even when she was in suspended animation. She didn't write them then, but she thought about them. And she would spill her heart, and she'd tell them, you know, as she became an author and as she navigated the the world of authorship, every challenge. These these letters were full of, full of love and tenderness and, and Anne Rice. Now, despite what you may, may, may or may not know about Anne Rice, she never stopped loving this Jacob. In the letters, she never got a letter back. But the letters never came back. She would send them with every return receipt, or she'd send them by e-postage and, and stuff like that. And the letters always got delivered. And then one day, Anne Rice caught a cold. She said to herself, Anne Rice, get on a plane and go to Bowery Row, New York, New York, one hell of a town. See what this Jacob's about. And she went there, and it was a, a foundry at this address. A foundry that makes the giant public, used to make, but it's, was, this is talk about, so this is present day pretty much. It's a foundry that makes these giant public basins that you'd wash in. And they would have a clock and water and, and all sorts of stuff. Back in the day, the aughts were talking about. So this place had gone out of business, but then it had come back because everything old becomes new again. And these young, hip, not hipsters, well, maybe they're steampunkers, whatever you want to call them, real cool guys that reopened the foundry that had remained vacant and and. And the old casts were still there. By some miracle, this was all locked up. And she said, hi. They said, hi, can I help you? And she said, I'm Ann Rice. She said, what do you, you know. And they got into this whole talk about the basins. Ann Rice ended up buying three for San Francisco, which you can only see on my other tour, Secret Basins of San Francisco. And you can only go on that tour if you go to a movie with me. And it's $69.95. Anyway, so... And she also bought one for herself. And then she said, you know, before I write you this check for $900,000, or however much basins are nowadays, giant, giant basins made of brass or metal or nickel or something. She said, this is one hell of a town. I need to know. I've met a man. I washed my face in a basin just like this. And uh, I saw a man, a pale young man, beautiful man, and I loved him from the moment my eyes met. And one day the earthquake came and the basin was gone. And the guy said, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, we just, he's like, it's weird, you know, because those casts weren't here. But he's like, I, I unearthed that. And he's like, we're on the National Geographic Channel because there was this whole search. We, I found all the shipping records and they were on this boat called the 
Calcutta disaster. That was the name of the boat, believe it or not. And it sunk in San Francisco Bay. And then we found the ship. This You didn't see this on TV? And Anne Rice said, no, I don't watch TV. I write books. Son of a bitch. Get to the point. And he said, uh, yeah, it sunk, and we found the casts. And he's like, I just made, we just, we brought them back here because this is where we are. And he's like, we just cast that particular basin. And then Rice said, rip up my check. I don't care what you charge me. I want those basins. And he said, ma'am, I already knew you wanted those basins. I felt it in my bones when I laid eyes on you. And so Anne Rice washed her face in this basin as the point. And then she she saw this young man, and now she was an older woman. The man was still young, and she said, "Do you see that?" And he said, "He said, yeah, I do. That's a ghost. He haunts this place. His name's Jacob." Cries out, "Jacob, go to San Francisco. Jacob, go to San Francisco." And I said, "Pack him in with the basins and send them to me." And she said, "Where the hell are my letters, you son of a bitch?" The guy said, well, well, we just made a huge deal here. You know, she said, I know, it's just this. I'm just getting all crazy now that I'm taking this ghost back with me. And uh, they found the letters. And then they found another stack of letters, which were the replies. And they were written in Swedish. And they were love letters, sweet love letters. And I just need someone to interpret them for me because Anne Rice left them in my possession. Haleb? Do you think you could? We, I have them back in my apartment. Yeah. Well, you could sleep. We'll get after after the movie. So that is the story of uh, Jacob come to San Francisco. A love story of Anne Rice. And that is that for our tour. So let's go. And I don't know if anyone wants to volunteer to buy my ticket for Days of Future Past. But that is it, folks. We are going to go in. We're going to go to this movie. We're going to eat some popcorn. Yeah, all my friends. See? Wasn't that a wonderful? I know the tour is terrible, ma'am. I'm I'm learning. So wh- why don't you give me feedback? As long as you don't talk during the movie. All right. Thank you, and all of you that are following along from home. Thanks so much for coming along for this tour. Have a great night, and hopefully we'll go on another walking tour again. Never, never. I can read your minds. Okay, we won't. Goodbye. <laughs>